Hello, I'm John Ellis, and welcome to episode 61 of Petodri PS, the predominantly Dons-based podcast featuring not just the Dons' first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club. And we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the Northeast local representatives in the Highland League and Juniors. And not just football, but any sport making headlines in the Northeast of Scotland or featuring someone from the Northeast of Scotland. Joining me for this journey, as always, Tim McDermott and Andrew Shiny. So here we are recording this episode on the morning of Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. Again, without a Dawn's League or Cup game to review because of the World Cup break. And... We don't have matches this week for Cove Rangers or Peter Head because it was the Challenge Cup quarterfinals on Saturday and another club was involved. Aberdeen women had a weekend off too, but the young team are trying to fill the void with a couple of games in a week. One in the Aberdeenshire Shield and more recently in their own league versus Hibs on Friday at Hibs Training Ground, which we'll start with seeing as it's most recent in the memory banks. How did that one go, Andrew? Well, it didn't go according to plan for Aberdeen. Um, they lost 6-2. That's the second time they've lost 6-2 this season. It seems to be that uh, when they do lose, they lose big style. Mm. Um, uh, and maybe that, again, that is something that um, is part of the learning curve for them, that um, when you lose, don't get absolutely battered. Keep yourself in the game as long as you possibly can. They were 4-1 down at half time. Alfie Stewart scoring for Aberdeen. And the second half, they came more into it. Alfie Babbage hit the post. And then, unfortunately, did a Harry Kane from the penalty spot and fired it over the bar. He got his usual goal uh, to take his tally for the season to 25. Uh, but Hibbs got another two. So, at the end of the day, a bad result for Aberdeen. And uh, and one that they'll, I'm sure, they'll, they'll look into and, and say, right, what did we do wrong? Obviously, defensively, they weren't as strong as they should be. Hibbs probably were looking for a bit of revenge after losing 4-0 at Cormac Park earlier on in the season. It's a team made up largely of 16-year-olds and there are going to be speed bumps on the road. And that was just an obstacle that they didn't manage to overcome. But it's it's something they've got to learn. Keep yourself in games. Don't allow the opposition to run away with things because it's so difficult. If you're 4-1 if you're down at half time, you're effectively dead and buried. I'm sure, as they have done so many times, they will bounce back. And just in terms of league aspirations, Andrew, I mean, we focus on the fact that they've been winning, 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 winning. I just assume that they're somewhere towards the top of the league because of that. But where are they now? And was that damaging to their aspirations? It, it wasn't really damaging, John. I mean, they're, it's difficult to keep tabs with the under so many games yeah. league. Um, uh, but Aberdeen had played three games fewer than Celtic, who were top of the league, who were five points clear. If they were to win their games in hand and that Hibs game wasn't a game in hand, they'll still look in, in decent shape. But uh, as I say, uh, they, they can't afford to have too many slip-ups. Hamilton are decent, Motherwell are decent, Celtic are decent, Aberdeen, as we know, are more than decent. Um, the rest of the teams are all a bit of a distance behind them as things stand at the moment. Prior to that, the, the under-18s were, were bolstered by uh, some of the plus-age first-team fringe players for their Aberdeenshire Shield encounter with Martin United on Tuesday. Now, Martin are going pretty well in a strong Highland League this year, Andrew. So to come through that is a, a really big result, isn't it? It is indeed. I must admit, um, when I, I saw that draw being made, I thought this is going to be a real test for the boys, a much bigger test than playing against another under-18 side. And they... As you say, for Martin, they're more than a strong Highland League side, very experienced. 
throw into the mix the fact that Scott Anderson, who is Barry Robson's second in command of the under-18s, his brother Stuart is the for Martin manager. So there was a bit of sibling rivalry there, which ensured that it was going to be a tough game for Aberdeen. Alfie Bavage, who else, opened the scoring in the first half. Back came for Martin to lead 2-1. And then Aberdeen got a late equaliser through yet again, Alfie Bavage. It went to penalty kicks. Blessing all the Yemi made one fantastic save. And Aberdeen converted all five of their spot kicks. So they're through to the next round where they will meet Bucky Thistle at Victoria Park. So that'll be another major, major obstacle for the boys. But as you see, they were able to bring in Evan Towler, Kevin Hanrati, the lesser spotted Hanrati. Haven't seen a lot of him playing for four for this season. He's pretty on loan, but he got 90 minutes for the Young Dons. And Ryan Duncan played in the game. And uh, it was it was still a pretty young side, but mm. um, there was a wee bit added experience. Jack Milne was the other um, first team squad regular that um, that was there playing. So a great result for the boys on a very heavy pitch. And maybe, you know, that took it out of them a little bit for the, the game on Friday. The fact that they wouldn't have been able to do much in the way of training, given the weather between the two games. Probably, like the first team, they had to go to the sports village to train because Cormac Park, regardless of how good the facilities are there, cannot cope with temperatures that go into minus double digits. And they, so th- there was maybe mitigating circumstances, but over the week, a very good win in Aberdeenshire and not so good in the league. Okay, and who are they playing next? They played Dundee United at Cormac Park, but that has got to be in major doubt, Yeah, given the, the, the weather conditions. That is their last scheduled game this coming Friday, prior to the Christmas break. And unless we see a big change in the weather, and as I'm sitting here just now, the temperature is still sub-zero in Aberdeen. So I don't think, unless there's a big change, that that game will go ahead. But hey, who knows? But Dundee United at Cormac Park is the next game for them. And that's a league game. Now, as I mentioned, no Cove Rangers will be the head games review because it was the Challenge Cup quarterfinals at the weekend and neither club involved. So we'll get on to the Highland League in just a minute. But although we have no Don's game to review either, we do have one to preview. Hooray! Well, hopefully. Uh, so Aberdeen versus Celtic at Pataudry, the lunchtime kickoff uh, as football resumes in the Scottish Premiership. How do you see that one going, Dave? It's... Like all the games uh, after coming back after a long break, a time of year where you're not expecting a break, it's so difficult to predict. I mean, Aberdeen got a very good home record, but Celtic, they've almost got everybody back, if not everybody. It looks as though they're going to have a very strong team. Uh, The guys that were over in the World Cup are back for them as well, uh, apart from uh, the fullback who plays for Croatia. But... uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I just can't see Aberdeen, given the recent record against Celtic Pataudry, I just can't see them getting all three points. I do hope I'm completely wrong, but I think it might end up a share of the spoils. Andrew, we give a fairly good account of ourselves down there in the opening league match of the season. It seems like a lot of ground covered since then. How do you see this one panning out? I'm afraid I've got to go with Dave. I find it very, very difficult to make a case for an Aberdeen victory. But... Given the fact that we haven't had a game since way back on the 12th of November, it's going to be interesting to see how both sides get up and running once again. 
Celtic have been abroad. They lost a, a friendly at the weekend. I don't think you can draw too much into the, from that. Aberdeen have only played the one game. That was the one out in Atlanta. But given the fact that the, the weather conditions have meant that training has been extremely difficult, it will be interesting to see if both sides hit the ground running or whether there's a sort of slow build-up into the game. I think if Aberdeen play at their best, they're good enough to get a share of the spoils, but they've got to be very tight defensively because we all know Celtic can score out of virtually nothing. But Aberdeen have got a good home record. They score lots of goals at home. I would love to see something like a 2-2 or a 3-3 draw, even looking through the reddest of red-tinted spectacles. I can't make a serious case to say, yeah, the Dons are going to win this one. Well, OK, let's go for a score predictor then. Aberdeen versus Celtic. Andrew? 2-2. Dave? 1-1. OK, well, I'll say 2-0. <laughs> <no. laughs> <laughs> Why not? Now to the Highland League teams, and for the first time in a few weeks, a full card of fixtures in the actual league campaign, unblemished by cup interruptions of any kind. Unfortunately, though, the weather had other plans. Of the matches which went ahead, uh, the results like this. Forest Mechanics 1, Imperuri Locos 1, Nairn County 1, for Martin United 1, and Brecon City 7, Devon Vale 1. Those cancelled were Banks D versus Broda Rangers, Fraserburgh v Lossiemouth, Tariff United v Work Academy, and Clacknacudden versus Keith. For the league, that means Brecon extend their lead at the top to three points, still with a game in hand over their nearest rivals, Bucky Jags. Now, if that affected the Highland League, I'd imagine it probably had something to say in the juniors as well, Dave. Yeah, only four games survived, um, three of them in the championship. And you, you can tell by the home side that not any of them were very near Aberdeen. Burkhead Thistle won, Aberdeen Uni won, Devon side two, Longside five, New Elgin won, Cruden Bay nil. The other game to go ahead was in the uh, the cup in the Quest Engineering second round tie down at Lynx Park, which of course is plastic. So it went ahead, Montrose Rose Lee against Rothy Rovers. 0-0 at half-time. Montrose took the lead 12 minutes into the second half, but then late goals, well, late-ish, 76 and 84 minutes, gave uh, Rothy a fantastic victory against their uh, top-flight rivals. So they won 2-1, and they now have the reward of a trip to Lochie Harp in the next round in February. This weekend is the last games in the juniors competitively for the year. It's all league action, so uh, hopefully we'll get some football played in numbers this weekend. Fingers crossed. Let's do the same as we did last week and take a very brief look at the World Cup over the last seven days. Now, last week, I do distinctly remember both of you saying, well, I just can't see past Brazil. Croatia managed to. Um, your thoughts on that, Dave? Uh, well done to Croatia. I mean, it's still thrown up surprises. I've got to say, like a lot of people, I've fallen in love with Morocco in this tournament because mm. they just keep producing the unexpected. And it's a fantastic example of just how it, the whole globe is levelling up football-wise. And, uh, you know, the, we, nobody thought they had an inkling against Spain. They won that. They beat Portugal. It's going to be harder and harder and harder. I mean, France is going to be a big task for them. But if they were to get past and bear in mind, they haven't lost a, a goal other than an own goal at all in this uh, in this tournament. If they can get past France, I really do fancy their chances in the final, but uh, realistically, I don't want Argentina to win it. I don't think it deserved to win it. wasn't particularly impressed with the their attitude after the game against the Netherlands, although I'm sure the Netherlands would probably have been just as uh, 
dishonourable had they had they won the game in similar circumstances. But I just I just don't really like their. I would love to see a Croatia uh, Morocco final with Morocco winning, but uh, as always, I'm sure I'll be wrong. <laughs> um, Andrew. Yeah, I've I've got to agree with Dave that um, the Morocco story has been uh, the real shining light in, in this tournament. It's good to see an African side go on because they've got better and better as the years have gone on. They just need to get that killer instinct. And what a goal the guy scored uh, to win the game against Portugal. It was so reminiscent of a young Cristiano Ronaldo. The leap for the header was mm. phenomenal. Croatia with Modric pulling the strings there, Juranovic, the Celtic fullback, outstanding against Brazil. I mean, you thought he was going to be under pressure with Vinicius Jr. Vinicius Jr. was under pressure with Juranovic going bombing past him and, and going forward. So I think Croatia have got a, a more than even chance of getting through to the final. Messi, obviously, is the big story for, for Argentina. If you can stop him playing, I don't think there's an awful lot left in the other 10 in that team. They are cynical. They'll do whatever is needed to win a game and then rely on, on Messi to produce the moment of magic. But I think Croatia are a better all-round side than, than Argentina. So I can see it. I'm afraid France might just be a step too far for Morocco. So I think it will be a Croatia-France final. But I fancy Croatia to win it this time around. Hard luck to England. I thought they, they gave an extremely good account of themselves against France. And but for Harry Kane's, you know, ballooned penalty, and who knows how that would have gone. Maybe Gareth Southgate was a bit conservative. I don't know what the story was with Saka. He was causing all sorts of problems for the French. It was a bit baffling to see him taken off. But once again, this kind of flattered to deceive. As soon as they're up against a really good side, they don't quite have that extra little bit to take them over the line. And again, penalties. Um, I'm sure English football fans wish that the, the whole idea of penalties was thrown out altogether because they've got so many sob stories to tell about penalties. Mm. And I, I think it'll be a France-Croatia final and I'm rooting for Croatia. That is pretty much it for episode 61 of Pitodri PS. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can. Always looking back to the Don's previous fixtures, where there are some, and ahead to the next. Please remember to follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review us, tell us what you think of the show too, we'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Pitodri PS. We'll see you next time.